Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour number two here of the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin continuing to give you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. And, Kevin, now we turn our attention not to football, but to American football. You know, business continues, people being signed. We've seen the schedule release. We continue our team-by-team look, and we'll look at the Green Bay Packers today. I know we've talked a lot about their draft already, but we will, you know, dig deep into it and see if there's any money to be made um, on the Green Bay Packers. I did find it interesting, though. You know, we talked about the cornerback position uh, last week, and it seems like now some of the cornerbacks are, in fact, coming off the board. Okay, Prince of Mukamara, it looks like, has signed the deal with the Raiders. And here in New York, it looks like Logan Ryan and the Jets are working on a deal. Those are two of the cornerbacks we discussed that could go to cornerback needy teams. And it looks like the Raiders and the Jets are augmenting their secondaries. Yeah, and if people have been listening to me here on the early line, you know that I'm going to compliment both of these moves because mm-hmm. I'm very much so, you know, there's, there's a lot of people positioned, uh, heels dug in on team running backs don't matter. I'm mm-hmm. more focused on teams, cornerbacks matter way more than people think. You know, right. if I told you that Prince of Mukamara was a top 50 corner in the league, does that sound impressive on the surface? Probably not. It sounds like he's a starter. Sounds like he's a starter on every team, though. Sounds like he's a starter on every team, especially if we're now going to basically say that every team has three starting players. Like, and the fact, I just, the running back stuff, like my, like, I don't get it when it comes to Devonta Freeman stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I get it to some degree, though, right? I'm being maybe a little bit dramatic with the running back position and his injury history. I got it, right? And when it comes to Principal Kamara, Logan Ryan, like, I understand what, you know, Okay, we want to let the draft play out. Let's see what falls for us, what works, what doesn't. We'll figure out how to use our money. But, like, you're, like there's no world where you're like, oh, no, we've got too many helpful corners. This is a disaster. That's where you overspend. Like, yes. any extra capital that I have, that's where I, I probably would look to put it. So I just think that these guys still being available was a big-time mistake uh, for the rest of the league, and I think that these teams here uh, have taken advantage, no doubt about it. Yep, I think that is true. We've talked about this. What positions are more valuable in this passing league that we are in, right? And we think about, obviously, the quarterback. We know about the offensive linemen to keep the quarterback upright. And on the defensive side, you don't need this thumping, run-stuffing linebacker anymore. You know, You need edge rushers, and you need guys who can cover. And most teams right now are running out three wideouts. The slot receiver is a huge part of offenses. So you need that, what used to be called the nickel corner, as pretty much part of your base defense now, right? You can never have too many cornerbacks, just like you could never have too many pass rushers in this day and age. So the Raiders getting someone, the Jets getting someone, and Logan Ryan reported potentially. It looks like they're going to agree to terms. And I guess that makes sense because Logan Ryan is also from New Jersey, right? So in this, you know, sheltered in time, the idea of being able to sign with a team that is close to home, I think is an extra benefit. Yeah, it's a a great point. And I think the one thing that I will say, right, is I've tried to figure out why these guys have not been signed, Mm -hmm. is it could just be a scenario of teams saying, we don't need to spend this money right now if we don't know what's coming up. 
We'll take our time. These guys will be there. Um, you know, the all, the virtual offseason has been uh, extended. So I think that could be a scenario where maybe a team's had a backdoor conversation with, you know, one of the guys that's still available. And maybe they'll be like, all right, when we get to this point here. But, yeah, man, what a, what a great job by bringing in Prince Mukamara, Logan Ryan as well. And you know, those are both teams that could use some more cornerback help for sure, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the Jets lost Tremaine Johnson, and I know that that – um, was kind of an experience that was not one that was as fruitful as people would th- thought, but right. they still needed more cornerback talent. The Raiders attacked corner uh, in the draft in the first round with Arnett, but Prince Mokamar is a better corner right now than Damian Arnett, and maybe right. then Arnett will be. So yeah, I remember I, the Raiders tried to sign Eli Apple in the offseason, and that yeah. didn't work out. And remember, Eli Apple is still, still out there, Brendan Carr. We went through them. There's a number of, you know, uh, startable cornerbacks still – available and there's plenty of teams that still need it you know when i think about the atlanta falcons who lost trufant right and i never had a great secondary to begin with when i think about the giants i guess they got bradbury you know in in free agency but they could still use some help i know the panthers you know uh they lost cornerbacks but at the same time remember matt rule went all defense with the draft so there still is probably some homes for these guys there's another player Uh, who made news recently that I thought was interesting because we had just talked about the Chicago Bears. We had just talked about the Bears, and we talked about how we didn't really love their offense. We we appreciated Allen Robinson, but we thought it was all going to come down to Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. We already know how you feel about Nick Foles, but one of the wide receivers there in Chicago is Anthony Miller, okay? And he's coming Mm -hmm. back from a shoulder injury, and he's saying – in essence, what you should be saying at this point. I always call this time of year, everyone's saying, I'm in the best shape of my life. Oh, I feel yeah. 100%. I'm ready to go. And that's what we are hearing about Anthony Miller. Now, remember, we had a conversation, I think it was off air, and you mentioned, like, Ted Ginn Jr. is there now in Chicago as well. So when I think about, you know, Allen Robinson is the one for yeah. sure. But when I think about Ted Ginn Jr., I think about Anthony Miller. I'm not sure if Tyler Gabriel is still there. And you have to read Cohen out of the backfield as well. Remember, they got like 10 tight ends when yeah. they drafted Jimmy Graham. My question is about Anthony Miller because mm-hmm. when he came out, he was a guy I kept an eye on in fantasy. I thought he had a good skill set coming out of college, and I thought he could, if the Bears ever evolved to have an offense, like the Chiefs, like the Eagles, like, you know, their scheme is supposed to, that Anthony Miller would be fantasy viable. Last year, he had 52 catches. We have the stats up now, 656 yards and two touchdowns. What's your take on a guy like Anthony Miller? Is he like a flex play? Is he someone that's worth drafting? Or, Mm -hmm. in my point, because I'm fading this Bears offense, is he the kind of player that is dependent on the overall offense to be able to get his production? I mean, if the Bears are scoring 10 points a game, right. I'm not starting Anthony Miller. I mean, and, that's, and I think that's the biggest thing that it comes down to is, you know, a number two wide receiver on, on, on a team is valuable. But I'm not sure that – though. Right. Well, first of all, right now, now that's, the, that, that's the, the total difference. But I'm not even positive Anthony Miller will 100% be, like, second on this team in targets. Mm-hmm. So now you're telling me I might get the Bears right. third in targets? Like, I just that's, – that's so far from the priority. Give me that the fourth – excite you in the morning? No. Give me the fourth guy on the Chiefs. Give me the fourth right. guy, you know, right. on the Saints, whatever Absolutely. it might be. Like – I think that's kind of the biggest thing is you have to understand that the uh, the offense that you're investing in 
is to me kind of the best way to put it. I remember I told you I told you a story a while back on here uh, about how I was, um, you know, we were at one of those live drafts and uh, I took Lamar Miller and Adam Ronis was kind of telling me like that was terrible. But Lamar I remember Miller having, Yeah. But I remember having a, a moment as well where all of these Washington weapons were coming off the board. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins was still the quarterback. Like everybody right. was like, Dude, Pierre Garçon, big year. Jordan Reed, right, top right, right. guy. Like everybody. And I'm like, this is interesting. Because all of Kirk Cousins' weapons are off the board. Nobody here thinks Kirk Cousins is good. Right. Nobody here is targeting Kirk Cousins. And lo and behold, didn't work out for those people that drafted all those players. Sure. So it was kind of what, like, it's kind of one of those things you have to try and fully understand the offense that you're investing in a lot of the times, right? Like, and I think that's kind of a when it comes to Anthony Miller, to me, you know what? If he if he if he pops and he breaks out, right? And maybe he might be still there available for a waiver wire potentially. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to be reliable. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. I remember I made the same point when we were talking about Antonio Gibson yesterday, right? Yeah. Again, with that Washington football team. Now he may be dynamic and he may play a role for that team, but I just don't trust the offense. You know what I mean? One offense that I do trust, and I know you trust it as well and are as plugged in as anybody else is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, earlier in the week, Kevin, we talked about Carlos Hyde, right? And there was, you know, some smoke screens there. Uh, will they sign? What it made me think is that the Eagles are definitely in the market for a veteran back. And then what do you know? I'm hearing now, yesterday, LaShawn McCoy is talking. And Shady saying, yeah, I can see myself there. So tell me, because I remember asking you this exact question earlier in the week, why hide over Shady McCoy? Now it seems like Shady would like to be there as well. So a couple of questions about this. One, do you believe it? And if so, who do you think is the better fit? A guy like Hyde, a guy like Shady. But then my bigger question, honestly, Kevin, is what does this mean for Miles Sanders? Because I go over to FanDuel, and there is a prop bet for his season total rushing and receiving. I don't know if it's Hyde. I don't know if it's Shady. But one thing I do know is where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think that the Eagles will bring someone else in to be the B-side, to be the veteran in this group. And whoever that veteran is, is going to eat into Miles Sanders on some level. Mm -hmm. So I want your thoughts on the potential additions to the running back room. And if you should, in essence, lean under on Miles Sanders. So, first of all, I think that the LeSean McCoy stuff definitely smoked their spire. The Eagles are, are seemingly building the type of organization that if you come through this organization, they'll always kind of keep you in mind, right? Like Jason Peters sure. still sits out there available, right. and the biggest Jason Peters rumor is he keeps in touch with the Eagles. We saw right. it with Nick Foles. We see it with Deshaun Jackson. So I think that there's, um, in it's essence, a conne- exactly. I think there's a connection with LaShawn McCoy. And I think that LaShawn McCoy could have a leg up in this regard. Some people might say, ah, listen, he's not going to the same exact offense. Like, it's not the same people that were there when he was in Philly. But he's coming from Andy Reid, who right. where, Doug, where Doug Peterson came from. <laughs> so I actually think his adjustment would be easier than that of Carlos Hyde. I think you could make the argument that Carlos Hyde is the better back currently, and that's kind of just based off last season's production of him being a thousand yard rusher and the Sean McCoy finding himself pretty much phased out of that Chiefs offense. But I'll say I think maybe the veteran presence of Sean McCoy and his knowledge of the running back position could certainly rub off on Miles Sanders, who I do believe the Eagles think to be their future running back. Would they pay him? Right. We don't know. That's a way, way away. 
but I think that they believe is going to be their future star running back. And the biggest thing that I can tell you is if you are somebody that wants to bet that Miles Sanders prop, if Mm -hmm. you want to bet it over, you hope that they bring in LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, I personally... Because he perceived to be a bigger threat? And then the number would come down? I I actually think it's he's less of a threat. I think LaShawn McCoy commands less work than Miles Sanders, where I think Carlos Hyde would demand oh. more work than Interesting. So you think if it, if it were to be Hyde, it'd be more like we heard out of Indianapolis, the 1-1 one, one punch. Whereas if it was Shady, it would be more of a, I don't know, call it 65-35 split. And mm-hmm. so thus, less of a threat to Sanders doing it. That is very, very interesting. One word out of you, Kevin. If you're uh, Roseman are you, and money's even and all that, are you signing Hyde or Shady? I'm signing LaShawn McCoy because I'm a bad right. GM and I want him back in Philly. There you go. Once an eagle, always an eagle. We turn our attention to the Green Bay Packers as we dig deep into our teams after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid. And, Kevin, now we turn our attention to the Green Bay Packers, probably the team we've talked the most about their draft since it happened a few weeks back because they were the headline story of the 2020 draft. I mean, we've talked about it before. We're going to have to talk about it again. With their Mm -hmm. first pick, they traded up to go get the quarterback of the future in Jordan Love. Now, I know we've before and you know our our regular viewers and listeners probably know how we feel about this already but just to restate i understand the theory i understand getting the heir apparent i understand if you think you got your chance to get that franchise guy and continue to have all-star quarterback play what could be for three decades if you consider Favre to rogers and then what you think jordan love can be i understand that the part that bothers me is this mm-hmm. team was in the NFC Championship game last year. So they are, by any account, close. And part of them being close is their current quarterback, a future Hall of Famer. So why get his backup when the window is open as long as he is still in his prime? He's probably exiting his prime, and I understand that. But if this team is as close as many people think it is, why not get more weapons or something that can help the Green Bay Packers in the short term as opposed to using now as the opportunity to look for the future? I mean, it was just a mistake, period. I don't care what you think of Jordan Love. It was a mistake. At the end of the day, if Jordan Love turns out to be Aaron Rodgers, yep. okay, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers the rest of the time that you have him. So what were you able to get out of the Aaron Rodgers tenure? Right. For the, a guy that was... I don't want to say the consensus most talented quarterback in the league because a lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers. Let's just call it a top three quarterback in the league sure. over like the last decade. Decade. How many years ago that. was it that he won that Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Like it was early in the run. Right. Like think about, and he's not been back. He's Correct. not been back. It's Marino-esque. Now, 
No, I mean, right. he won it at least, though. Exactly, yeah. Now, I understand Aaron Rodgers has some blame in those things, okay? That's not to say he has, you know, his overall production has come back a bit. He's also had his injuries. I get all of that. I get all of it. But you have now making this move for Jordan Love, right, after being in the NFC title game, is it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Not with this wide receiver class, not right. with this needed wide receiver, not right. with the way that this this team should be approaching it. And then here's another massive reason why this move was bad. Period. It was bad. Most valuable thing uh, for for the NFL would be these rookie quarterbacks on these rookie contracts. Okay, you are never going to get right. that out of Jordan Love by having him sit for three full seasons right that is not realistic Mm -hmm. so now what are you gonna do move on from aaron Rodgers? we'll see how that's perceived by the fan base like first of all now after every packers game we're gonna look towards jordan love that's That's a headache and that's a fact okay now whenever the move is made to jordan love he's gonna be compared up against aaron Rodgers, and not unfairly not unfairly, because while Rodgers still had top 10 quarterback play within him, you decided now is the time That's to right. get Jordan Love. And th- one of the questions that I'd love to ask you, Dan, and I think because the answer is now becoming abundantly clear, mm-hmm. does Aaron Rodgers finish his career in Green Bay? No. No is the answer to that question. I think you make an absolute great point. The other part about going and getting a first-round quarterback is for that rookie contract, that's when you're able to spend money elsewhere. And you can't spend money elsewhere if you got Aaron Rodgers taking a big chunk of the pie. I agree with you. That's another reason why, you know, there's some people scratching their head about this pick. You're absolutely right, right? When Carson Wentz on a rookie deal, Russell Wilson on a rookie deal, that's when you try to strike when the iron is hot. Mahomes is a great example. Lamar Jackson, a great example. That allows you to invest capital and spend your money in other places. They don't have that ability in Green Bay. I think you're absolutely right. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded in week four of the season, but a year from now, I'm going to be very interested to see what teams are quarterback hungry, New England, and Mm. now what they may do if they think it's possible to pry Aaron Rodgers loose. And also, one, for sure don't piss off Aaron Rodgers. Like, of all the quarterbacks that I don't want to get on the bad side of as a team is the guy that I've been on the bad side of for what feels like half a decade in Aaron Rodgers. There's no way because everyone's like, oh, look how pouty Rodgers is. Look how moody Rodgers can be. You know what? Anything he does this season, I get it. <laughs> Secondly, what is the return for Aaron Rodgers going to look like? Let's just say at the end of this season, Rodgers like, I got to go. I got to yep. go. And the Packers are like, all right, Jordan loves that for a year. We'll move on. What's the return look like? It could be Let's the look- same thing, though. Unfortunately, they could cut him. We could see the same thing we've seen in Carolina. Because we've seen it, it, though. I don't know if they can in actually Carolina, in Tampa, we've seen the same thing with guys like Newton and Jameis. Andy right. Dalton got released with a year totally. left on his deal. You know, maybe it's a similar path. They try the trade market. Everyone knows there's no leverage, and then they have to cut ties. But that is down the road in could this year's draft. Aaron Rodgers for a third-round pick. Like, could you just imagine that playing out? I could. 
or he's going to burn to the ground. There's no leverage in this situation for Green Bay anymore. But I got to tell you the truth, Kevin. I thought the second round pick was worse. The A.J. Dillon pick, I understand. If you view Jordan Love as your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, okay, go get him. And if you prove to be right, hey, what can I say? But A.J. Dillon, I think, was even worse because the need at wide receiver, in my opinion, remains. And they went out and got a third back for their committee. Now, I understand if you're talking about, oh, Rodgers passing the baton to Love. But you don't have to do that at the running back position. So that one baffled me as well. I know we've talked about this. Aaron Jones with 17 touchdowns last year. What do you see as the role for the Packers' second-round pick? Um, a frustrating yeah. guy who Bitty. weirdly messes up some of our fantasy lineups when right. Aaron Jones is. I mean, he's not as good as Aaron Jones. I, we we talked about this when we did our rookie running back ranks. I do think that they somewhat are soured on Aaron Jones, Maybe. and that's a guy who's coming off leading the league in touchdowns. Like it's it's, but I think that's the situation. The problem is AJ Dillon is a guy who, you know, you go through and you listen to a lot of draft experts, not super high on A.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon. I just and don't think his style of running translates to 2020. So, I think he's more yeah. plotter. I think he's more of a, you know, a right. an old-school running back. In that's between the time, thing, early like, with, Yeah, with Aaron Jones, like, I think the frustration sometimes would stem from big drops. Just get a pass-catching specialist. Take Antonio Gibson. Take Antonio Gibson. Like, right. if that's what it comes down to. All right, we are not fans of the Packers draft. No. We know that. They did make some moves in the offseason. They did bring in a wide receiver, okay, who looks to probably the number two wide receiver, and that's Devin Funches. They lost Geronimo Allison. They've lost some of their linebackers, as you know, to the Giants. They lost also one of their big-time tackles protecting Aaron Rodgers and I believe, Ryan Beluga, who went to the Chargers. Another, you know, boost for my Chargers, but... The cupboard is not what it used to be out in Green Bay. So your initial liens, Kevin, their win total is the highest in the division. It's at nine on the number, and they are uh, yes money to make the playoffs. They are minus 140 to make the playoffs. Remember, they are co-favorites in the NFC North with the team we talked about yesterday, the Minnesota Vikings. So when I give you a nine win total, a minus 140 to make the playoffs— yeah. And a plus 175 to win the division. Which way are you leaning on the Packers? Packers have been a roller coaster for me. So um, everything I'm saying, people might be like, oh, this guy hates the Packers. I've picked the Packers to win the North like a decade straight. Right. Like it's comparable to like me picking LeBron to win the East. Because every year, I'm like, Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, he's, just the, he's the best quarterback in the league. And that's right. not true anymore, right? But it was true for me for the longest time. He was the best quarterback. I have someone that I think is better over the like the last decade, but we'll get to that. I mean, or whatever. We don't. Whatever. That's into it. It's another topic for another day. Sure. Whatever. But to me, like Rodgers, most talented. I'm constantly picking him, and this year was going to be no different. Okay. We were doing. You know, I was going through and thinking about these divisions pre-draft, and I'm like, man, they're going to run away with this thing. They're going to absolutely run away with this thing. The Bears, are, the Bears are still in limbo. Right. We're I fading love the Lions. We're fading the Bears. We thought and Minnesota maybe was a nine-win team yesterday. And my problem so, with Minnesota, even before the draft, I'm like, they got worse. Right. And they entered the draft and had a better draft than I thought. I'm like, you know, there's just this is all just lines up too perfectly for Green Bay. And then they used – first of all, they traded up for Jordan Love. Right. Okay? So they're not better off with the Jordan Love pick, Right. right. 
AJ Dillon doesn't going to be on the field a quarter of the time. Exactly. So now I sit here with Green Bay. I mean, I initially saw that win total because like, at some uh, spots it's eight and a half, and I was like, man, that's a like that's a joke. How do they not win nine games? And now I'm just like, you know what, man? I think I might be in a, in a spot here. Same answer. And I know that for some people they don't love betting this way. But if I put if I put a hundred down on the, the Packers and a hundred down on the Vikings, yeah. and I win seventy five bucks, two hundred it's basically two hundred outlay to win seventy five on one of the Packers or the Vikings to win the division. I think I'm comfortable enough with that. Interesting. Um, so you would put out the two units, right? And if one of them came in at plus one seventy five, eh, I guess I guess here's another way to skin a cat. If the Packers are going to do anything, they're going to be led by that man, right? Sure. So what if I tell you that man is the ninth choice to win the MVP award? Okay, because listen, what I could also see is a motivated Aaron Rodgers, right? To be like, oh, yeah, you think you got the heir apparent, the kid in waiting? Oh, yeah, you don't think I need another toy? Watch what I go out there and do. And I could see that. Could I interest you in Aaron Rodgers at 23 to 1 to be the MVP? You absolutely could, considering that, you know, this is a situation where you're getting value based off where he's been priced every single year before this one, probably. And I also expect this team to be worse than they were last year. So playing from behind, maybe a little bit more often. That padding. could, uh, Could be a scenario here. My thing with Rodgers is, as much as I am a fan of Aaron Rodgers, I do wonder if his mindset is, I'll show them. Right. Which, which maybe will work when things are going well. But I don't know what happens when they're down three touchdowns and he wants to throw the ball off Matt LaFleur's head. Right. I don't know if it's the same mindset of, like, I'm pulling us back. I somewhat wonder. Every year, Dane, there mm-hmm. are, there's a team that is supposed to be great that yep. is terrible. That's right. And I wonder if Green Bay could be that team. And this is a disaster, spiral out of control type of season. That's interesting. I mean, it could go left, right? All the ingredients are there for it to go off the rails. Here's what we do. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll play the game, Kevin. We will go through the Packers' 2020 schedule, and we'll see, you know, if the pressure mounts, how you expect it to play out, and we'll get a diamond and a fugazi for the Packers in terms of fantasy as well. It's the early line. Come on back. We dig deep into the Packers after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, hour number two, where Kevin and I are focusing on the Green Bay Packers. Now, listen, Kevin, the Packers narrative, as we know, has been around Aaron Rodgers, has been around Jordan Love, has been around LaFleur, and what they're doing both in the short term and in the long term. But I think we can agree, you know, like, for example, when we did the Bears earlier this week, we had the conversation, who will be on the center? during week one, right? Yeah. For other teams, we've been like, oh, will Tua be on the center? Will Herbert be on the center, right? Like, who's it going to be? 
it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. All right. Like Jordan Love is not getting this baton pass. This is for something that's one, two, maybe three years down the road. So we know it will be Aaron Rodgers, who's something like 24 to one to win the MVP. And I think that's a very interesting bet. But let's play it out. Let's see how you think we do. We'll play the game. Remember, you thought they were worth it to maybe throw some shekels on them to win the division. Mm -hmm. Their win total is nine, and they are minus 140 to make the playoffs. And here's the other thing I'll say. Kevin, remember, yesterday, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you had the Vikings going nine and seven. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I did. So uh, let's play this out. And we'll try and remember. I know we can't be perfect. We'll try and remember. What do you have, the Packers and Vikings? Splitting? Yeah, like that's right. Like technically, I've already picked six of their games. Technically. Um, So we'll try to have fidelity to that. But I do want to remember you had them splitting with Minnesota, right? Probably five and one in division, realistically, I would say. All right. Well, let's play it out and see what happens. They open uh, on the road. Yeah. At Minnesota. I believe. I I think you gave them the home win, right? Yeah, I think Minnesota won. So I think the Packers, that's a loss. loss for Green Bay, right? And we've talked about this. Opening day on the road, very tough. I understand it's a division matchup. I understand they know each other. But, you know, the skull will clap uh, in Minnesota on September 13th. In week two, they have the home opener in Lambeau, the Detroit Lions. They get that done? Course, right, they get that done. Then a big game. They go on the road. They go to see New Orleans on the road wow. on a Sunday night. This is a Sunday night game in the Dome. Yeah, I'll take the Saints. All right, that's a loss for them. You have them one and three. Then they come back home. One and, and two, then, right? That was only week three? Excuse me, one and two. You're correct. After three games. Week four, okay, this is a Monday night football. Um, they're home for Atlanta on Monday night. The Falcons coming out of the Dome at night in Lambeau. Yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, Green Bay. Packers win on that one. Then an interesting one. They go and listen. This is going to be a battle of you know quarterbacks. I guess the Bucks will have a lot of battle of quarterbacks on their schedule, but this is one of them. Green Bay goes down to Tampa Bay in awesome. mid-October for a four o'clock game. Awesome. Um, you know what? Packers don't travel exceptionally well. I'll I'll roll Tampa Bay. Interesting. And you know what? Tampa, they're that team. Teams that go to Tampa lay an egg. All the time. It always happens. But I digress. This is then now a road trip for them. Second of back-to-back road games. They go to Houston to take on the Texans. Give it to Houston. Give it to Houston. So you have the Packers 2-4 and four so far, okay? Then they come home Sunday against the Vikings. This is the home one, so I think you're yeah. giving this one, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you're giving this one. That gets them to 3-4 and four on the season. So they're under 500, not feeling good. The questions are starting about Jordan Love. And what's their reward? <laughs> A road Thursday night football tilt against the 49ers. Yeah, no, that's awful. Yeah. On the road, too. We saw what the Niners did to them last year. Thursday night. Twice. And it's on the back of a Vikings game? Like, that's terrible. That's, that's a loss. Uh, I agree with you. So they're 3-5. and five, All right? Wow. Fans are going to start chirping if this plays out your way. I think they get lucky, though. They go back to Lambeau, and they get the Jags. Yeah. All right. You give them that one. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. They go right back on the road to a team you and I like, Kevin. They go to Indy. Wow, man! I'll tell you what. Like the, I, every single time, Dane, we do this. No, every time the Colts are mentioned, 
the Colts the Colts win the game every time, man. This is sixteen and zero Colts team is going to be one for the ages. We're going to do the AFC South. We're going to put you to the five Colts. But I digress. You giving them this win? Um, I'm gonna I'm give it to the Packers. Ooh, this is where they brought up special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little upset road special off Thursday night, right? A little extra rest. Oh, their their game against the Jaguars was a regular Sunday game. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I still give it to them. Let's, Fair let's enough. So I believe you have them five and five now, okay? Yeah. Going into the home stretch, they get two home games in a row here. One of them on a Sunday night, they got the Bears coming to town. That's a W. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Then they stay at home, and your Eagles come to town. Eagles got them last year in Lambeau, man. Um, but that's tough to win in Lambeau two years in a row like that. So I'll also lean Green Bay. All right, so you got the Packers going on a little bit of a run here. Yeah. They are now seven and five by your standards. They go on the road and they go to Detroit, but they're humming now. They're moving. Yeah, that's. I mean, they're 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 rolling. Got to go with Green Bay again. Wow, look at this. Eight right. and five. Okay, and they're home for the next two weeks in a row. Remember, these are teams now. Wow. Up north to the frozen tundra in weeks fifteen and sixteen. Um, the Panthers come to town. Yeah, absolutely. Green Bay. In Green Bay, interesting. Then the Titans come to town. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Green Bay is a team I'll probably pick 8-0 every year at home. Like, that's just kind of the team they are, so. Right. So check this out. This is very interesting. You have them 10-5. and five, And with the last week of the season, they're on the road. But to a team that's going to be quarterbacked by, in your opinion, Nick Foles, they go to Chicago to finish it out. Yeah. I mean, in this scenario, like, I, you know, yesterday I gave them that game. So that's 11-5. Did I have them, like, on a six, seven-game win streak to close the tear. season? You have them on a tear. You have them after the Thursday nighter in San Francisco. Yeah. That's nine. You had them, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you have them winning, like, six in a row. Uh, week 10, the Jaguars, you had them beat. You had them getting the game against the Colts right. uh, in your off one. Then you had them beating the Bears at home, beating the Eagles at home, going to Detroit and winning, having the Panthers come in. That's six in a row. Yeah. Then the Titans coming in. That's seven in a row. And then the Bears. You have them running a, like a seven-game so, streak yeah. to finish their season, finishing 11-5. and five. Now, I'm going to ask you here, Kevin, because yeah. when we were just talking about the Packers in general, it didn't seem like you loved them. No. Okay? It's like there were reasons to fade them. This is why we do this exercise, Kevin. All right? Going so, game by game, you have it kind of playing out that they get hot. Their tough games yeah. are early at New Orleans, at Minnesota right away, yeah. at San Fran on a Thursday, at Tampa. Those are all the hard ones, right? The first half of their season, you get at Minnesota, New Orleans, Tampa, San Fran. Those are tough road games. Their road games in the second half of the season, there's only three of them, five at home, three on the road, yeah. right? Um, and their road games are to the bottom of their division at Chicago, at Detroit. And then that one against the Colts, which was kind of like where you think they rise up, you know? Yeah. So, so second half of this schedule is a lot easier for Green Bay. Just in case you were wondering, their bye week is early. It's week five, right before they go to Tampa. So, oh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. so I think, I think the thing with this, 
this to me has been the most helpful of the exercises that we've done for these. You're changing your opinion. You, it sounded to me like you were leaning Minnesota in this division. Like you were leaning that the Packers, you didn't, you didn't yeah. like the mix. You, you know, you expected combustibility. Yet, right. you have them going 11 and five. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and I don't like. I hope people can see. I don't do this to try and confirm an opinion. Oh, I just, I'm just doing it to try and see what I come up with. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is. The beginning of their schedule is an absolute nightmare. It is a nightmare of a start to this season. If they can eke out a couple wins, right. this team will contend for the number one overall seed. Mm. However, if the start is as bad as I, I think at one point I had them like, th- did I have them three and five? Possibly. Three and four? I mean, they, like, remember that you have them running the table in the back yeah, half. Like eight so you had them three and five, yeah. then reeling off eight in a row Which, to finish 11 and five. So, and, and this is the thing, right? But at They're three not, and five, what's Aaron Rodgers feeling like? What's Matt LaFleur saying? Is it yeah. time to go to the kid? Exactly. So, and I don't think that at any point they'll make the move to I don't think they would either. But, but I'll, say, I'll say this. One, they're not winning eight in a row. That's ridiculous, okay? And I know I just picked that, but they're not winning eight in a row. And ultimately, yeah. right? Like, we see, like, the Colts game there is a flip game 100% to that season. They're able to build off the momentum of the Jacksonville game and maybe get this this ball rolling. But what I will say is, if you see them beat the Colts, in your Mm -hmm. mind, okay, this team has everything in front of them now. If there's live division odds, whatever the situation might be, I take a look at that. Where all of this, though, is difficult, right, as I play out this kind of hypothetical here with you, Dan, is – I don't, I don't know if I can go, okay, cool. I have them three and five, so now I'm thinking that everybody hates everybody. Let me have them getting upset by Jacksonville. Right. It's hard to kind of play the mind game in this schedule predictor here in May. And that's the thing. That three and five start, which I feel more confident in than the eight and no finish to the right. season, could ruin their year. So and let me ask you this. Up five and 11. Let me ask you this. Because you like to hedge sometimes, right? Or take initial yes. positions. It looks like their schedule is real tough to start and then opens up. Would you, for example, bet the under on their win total, Mm -hmm. right? And then know that maybe you could, you know, hedge out of it by betting them to win some of these games at the second half of the schedule. Or if they all of a sudden do win one of these games, like on the road at New Orleans, you know, you sell, you sell that bet. You know, is there because their schedule is heavily weighted, it looks like front end, back end. Are there maybe ways that you could play that? I think the best approach for this uh, specific spot here would be to let them drop a couple, make right. no pre bets, get in, and then on hopefully a plus money yes to make the playoffs bet. Right. If they get off to that slow start, I think mm-hmm. that's what could be fruitful. I'll also. Um, I will say one of the teams that we've also run into a couple times here that I've found like they've been in on a good spot, similar to the Colts, has been the Bucs. I feel like a lot of times that you've mentioned Tampa Bay, I've given Tampa Bay the win. Mm. And now I am high on the Bucs, but I don't necessarily think that they're like the best team in the NFC uh, or or that kind of level. So that's another thing here. It's just kind of trying to figure out these spots for these teams. Mm. Like right now, like the big, like a couple of lessons came from this. But another, like, jarring, like, detail is just that trip to San Fran. Yeah. Thursday night, 
coming yeah, off the home game against Minnesota, which you know is going to be, you okay. know, to one of your old good boys, a slobber knocker. Uh-huh. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. they're going to have the short week to San Francisco. Yeah, that's tough. That's and that's so right there. Like it's a circle game because what man and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of speaking about myself here. Maybe it apply to some of the people that are that are watching us here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Sometimes like, they beat that. They beat the. Um, Vikings, and you go, man, they owe the Niners one. They owe the Niners one. They're coming for them. And all of a sudden, for some reason, you're like, dude, put it in a de- teaser. I'm getting I'm getting nine and a half points. That's why we did the home and away on the primetime games. It's tough. It was kind of a graveyard for them last year. We'll see what happens this year. When we come back, though, Kevin, more Packers talk. We give out some fantasy diamonds and fugazis. It's the early line. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everyone, welcome back here to the early line right here on SportsGrid. We are giving you the edge on the Green Bay Packers and their 2020 season. And, Kevin, it's interesting, you know, game by game, you got them going double-digit wins. And 11 wins, I think, will qualify for the playoffs, right? Yeah. So what about that minus 140 to make the playoffs? I, I'm going to wait. I think okay. that if as long as, you know, FanDuel continues to leave that as like a live proposition mm-hmm. and it's not a, an option that closes down for us once the season gets underway, I think that I'm going to hope that my three and five projection uh, projection comes through and then we get them <laughs> right before that eight. We get them right before the eight game win streak sure. that even I don't believe in. We will check it on this around Halloween. Hopefully it's around Halloween and that would mean the NFL season wound up going off as scheduled. But what we also do is here, we put a little fantasy spin on it here because we're trying to help you win some leagues as well. And I do, if you've been a fan of me or my shows, we do diamonds and fugazis, guys to forget about it. I'm going to start off here, Kevin. My fugazi for the Green Bay Packers is Aaron Jones. Listen, they brought in A.J. Dillon with their second-round draft pick, right? He's going to eat into this a little bit, okay? Jamal Williams, who's also there, remember, he was concussed, had a bad injury in a Monday night game. He missed a lot of time. So for some of this, Aaron Jones had it all to himself. Now listen, Aaron Jones had 236 carries. I don't know that he gets that many this year. He had uh, 1,084 yards. I don't know that he gets that this year. And here's the big one. Okay, he ran it in 16 times. He had one reception for a touchdown as well. 17 touchdowns, Kevin. Touchdowns are fluky from year to year. There is no way he accumulates 17 touchdowns again, especially after they drafted a kind of goal line back in A.J. Dillon. I think there will be some regression in the statistics of Aaron Jones. I think he's the same quality of running back. I just think he's not a safe bet for me to uh, repeat last year's performance. Yeah, I think that's the thing. The touchdown regression, I think he might be lucky to get up to double digits again. So right there, you know, if people are projecting like a similar performance, they're absolutely walking themselves uh, into a trap. So I agree with you there. I think depending on the ADP is where I'd make my decision on Aaron Jones, as is the case, obviously, for, you know, most fantasy players. Like it's depending on who's available, who's on the board. But yeah, like I don't want Aaron Jones as an RB1. 
as an RB1. Okay, and let's talk about this real quick because for me, when you say RB1, I'm thinking that's top 12, right? Yeah. For me, the basic is kind of like a 12-team league, so an RB1 would be someone who is inside the top 12. I'm going to press you on Aaron Jones in a little bit, but first, let me hear, who's your Fugazi for the Green Bay Packers? So my Fugazi and then Diamond is kind of connected, and it's okay. also connected to your Diamond. And I am always a, a little nervous if I am going to disagree with you on a fantasy point here. It's all right. But I think it might just be through my own personal experience. My Fugazi is Devin Funches. But really, yeah. it's the second who's ever going to be the number two wide receiver in Green Bay. Because it's I'm tired pick. of this. Yeah, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of every year drafting Geronimo Allison. Marquez out that Scantling. Dude, like, leave me alone. I hate all of you. Rogers, your quarterback. I'm assuming one of you is going to be good. Like, the problem is, it's not even like I get the wrong one, right? right. They're both not good. Right. Like, they'll both maybe have a week or something, right? Like, I think I had the, the big MVS week once in a fantasy right. lineup, like, this past year. But, like, that's not – there's nothing reliable there. So, that's it. – and it might just be more of a personal thing, but I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this thing where I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers is number two. Devin right. Funches this is a steal. No, I'm not doing it. It's a personal thing. I could be way wrong. Maybe yeah. it'll cost me a league, right? Because if you like it, then I already feel insecure about yeah, the decision. Think... But I'm just, I'm tired of it happening. I think, listen, I've been telling you that I care about offenses yeah. a little bit more than specific players. And you stole the reasoning right out of my mouth. Okay, yes, Devin Funches, I actually think, has potential as a diamond in the rough. And here's why. You've said a lot of it. Okay, he is the number two wide receiver of an Aaron Rodgers Green Bay passing offense. And I thought this, you know, I've been burned in this. I must admit. Okay, last year, check this out. What I did in some leagues, even I think our Sports Grid staff league, you know what I did? I drafted, Kevin, um, James Washington and Don, Dante Moncrief, yeah. thinking if I got the Steelers number two wide receiver, I'm going to be okay. Good to go. And they both sucked. Right. I should have had Deontay Johnson. Right. So in years past, that would be like, oh, Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Scantling or Lazard or whoever it is. I do believe that the Packers went out and got Funches. They signed him. They spent money on him. They targeted him. They someone who they wanted in that role. Now, I don't think Funches is an amazing wide out that moves the needle. But in this role in Carolina, he was fantasy viable. Okay, and I just think the passing offense is better. I will go back to the well with Devin Funches. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a flex play at most for me. All right? So, but I, I want to manage expectations. Sure. But I would be willing to have Devin Funches on my roster. Another big body out there could be interesting in the red zone, okay? Mm -hmm. And while I know Devontae Adams is a horse and he's a top five wide out to me, I yeah. do think the number two pass catcher for Green Bay will be fantasy viable. Going right back to Aaron Jones. In ADP right now, he's going off as the 10th running back. So yes, an RB1. Let me ask you real quick. Here's a couple of guys that are right behind Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. All right. So Aaron Jones or this guy? Sure. Kenyon Drake. Oh, God. Drake um... is 11. You know, Kenyon, that Arizona team should be should be good. I know. I he think I would take a play year. on Drake. I think yeah. the arrow's pointing up on Drake yeah. and down on Jones. I'd take Drake. Number I mean, 12 I, is very interesting to me. Miles Sanders. Yeah. I, I, I Look, this is it's not an Eagles thing. If I, when I play fantasy, I need to win. Okay? Hey. I, I've, we've, I've talked to you about this. Like, there's a couple others. Right? Yeah, I like Miles Sanders, though. All right. I'll give you two more because there's a couple others that I may take over Aaron Jones, and I think you might too. 
Number 14 is Austin Eckler. Absolutely. Okay. You know I'm going to try and yep. put Austin Eckler on all of my teams. I hear you. So you have him as an RB1. Technically, his ADP right now is running back 14. So that's a very high-end RB2 or low-end yeah. RB1. Here's another one that I think is interesting. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. And we're going to do the NFC South pretty soon, too. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Todd Gurley? Uh, Gurley is 15 right now, going off the board, RB15. Am I crazy? <laughs> I think I'd maybe rather wait. On, am I waiting on Todd? Like, yeah, maybe. I think. Maybe. And think about it. You could wait even more. I like some of these guys in the low teens even for better years. Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette. I think the hate's gone too far on him. Melvin Gordon in Denver. So it's interesting to see if you believe Aaron Jones can kind of repeat that performance. So we're talking about football, but as promised. Wait, I have to give you my diamond. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. I have to give you my diamond because I wanted to test this with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Devontae Adams. Now, that doesn't really count as a diamond, so I have to take it a step further. Relatively speaking, but go ahead. I hear you. I think, for me, Devontae Adams... You're not going to push me. I'm very high on him. I think he'd be my number one wide receiver. He's not my number one. So, so, and and I know that's pretty much the only way to push the envelope with Devontae. Basically, to me, I think that I've mentioned it, like, even though I haven't gone 11 or 5, but I, f- I feel like Green Bay is going to have to throw a bit more and play from behind a little bit more often. Devontae Adams, to me, the gap between him and the next man is so, so high. Michael Thomas has Emmanuel Sanders there now. Hopkins has got, I feel like, a lot of weapons in Arizona. Yep. So, to me, I've got Devontae number one, and that's why I feel like I can justify him being the diamond. Listen. I don't hate what you're saying, okay? And when I look at – when I'm splitting hairs among the best of the best wideouts, like a wideout that I would actually draft in round one versus someone else, you've accurately depicted it. I want a guy who's not part of any kind of fantasy herd, and we've talked about this before, right? I want a number one target getter. I want the guy who's going to get 10 balls thrown his way every day, and I believe Devontae Adams is that. Devontae Adams is my number two. Wide receiver overall, okay? The only person I would draft ahead of Devontae Adams at the wide receiver position this year is Michael Thomas. He's the only one. I have a Thomas, then Devontae Adams, then my number three is Tariq Hill. Um, That's where I would go. For a guy like Hopkins, I love him, but he's in a new place, and he does have more uh, weapons at the disposal of Kyler Murray. I think Julio is there, but again— Calvin Ridley has a piece of that, you know, so when when you think about it, I like guys that are going to be target monsters. Watch out for Kitty Galladay as a target monster in Detroit, but I digress. Now, with the couple of minutes we have left, I know you had a couple of other Bundesliga plays in Germany, and one of them was around Hoffenheim, correct? Yes, I really want to talk about Hoffenheim versus Hertha Berlin, because uh, when we're talking about the no-fan scenario, Hoffenheim might be the team where it is most fascinating. Uh, one of the two games, I think it was the second last to last game that they had played, was a 6-0 defeat at the hands oh. of Bayern Munich. Okay, Now, they were home for that game. And that game had to be stopped a couple of times due to um, what were labeled offensive banners in the ah. stands. Right? The ref being like, we're not doing this anymore. And I basically, see. the last 13 minutes was played under protest. The team's just passing the ball back and forth until they got out of there. Now, what <laughs> the banners are, are shots being taken at the owner of Hoffenheim. Okay. The way, yeah. So, but their banners from Bayern Munich. Oh. It's 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 basically the whole 
It's it's the visiting teams. It's all of these different things. So it goes all the way back. Basically, he bought this team and through all the money he had, brought them up to prominence. And a lot of people don't like that. There's a rule within uh, German football, I believe, where it's, it's called 50% plus one, where it's a kind of supposed to be like the fans kind of own the club. It's kind of one okay. of those things where it's not basically. Like Packers. Yeah, it's, right. Exactly. To where it's like not monopolized. This guy owns like 80%. He's the lone mm. exception that they've made. People have hated it for a long time. Borussia Dortmund in 2008, I believe, were the first one to kind of start all of the protesting. I see. Uh, then, then eventually, um, oh. it was in, I think, 2011. They, I think there was a ban put in place. They piped in crowd noise. Uh, wow. Dortmund came to Hoffenheim to try and drown them out. And now what was basically starting to happen before things came to a close was people were starting to get dig their heels in because mm -hmm. there was supposed to be then an agreement made in 2017 that they wouldn't be able to do these universal bans of fans. If you want to ban individual fans, sure. You can't just say no Dortmund fans are allowed at Hoffenheim. Right. This is a very, very long way of me saying Hoffenheim might be benefiting off the fact that there's no fans there because of the craziness of the environment that they were having to play in home or away. They also beat Hertha Berlin 3-2 away the last time they saw them. So I like Hoffenheim to beat Berlin in this matchup. That's interesting. When you're explaining this, it makes me think of the Houston Astros, Kevin. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, like, the Astros maybe a team that benefits that they don't have to deal with all the drama from the fans, and it sounds like Hoffenheim is in a similar boat. The fact that there'll be no fans in the stands means maybe they won't have to deal with the signs, the protests, the bananas, the flare guns, and anything that comes their way. Very, very interesting. Check it out. When we come back tomorrow, Kevin, we got more to talk about, okay? We'll look at this Bundesliga slate. We will talk about also, another um, UFC Freeburg. fight night as well. Freeburg to get shot at Oh, real quick, yeah. Leipzig was another one. You yeah. like them to win via shutout. We only got about 30 seconds left. Yeah, they're, they're heavy favorites, so minus 330, tough to go for all that. It's even money for Leibs, uh, for Freeburg not to score away. They've only given up one goal in their last, like, seven matchups, including two games, first Hottenham uh, Spurs and one against Bayern. That team's incredible, so Freeburg to be shut out. There you go. So you got five games you can play in Bundesliga. Hopefully you win a little bit of extra cash with Kevin. When we come back tomorrow, we got another UFC fight night to handicap. Come on back. I'll be here. He'll be here. Hope you will be, too. It's the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.